So uh, this morning we're going to continue in the stories of faith, and I will try to... Uh, how many kids do we have here this morning? I, I've got questions for you. Okay, if you're a child here, I've got a question. This isn't for the adults. This is for the children. On the ark, Noah got milk from cows. What did he get from the ducks? There's adults answering. <laughs> Thank you, adults. Instructions, eggs. No, they got quackers. Come on, man. I'll teach you adults to answer. What animal on the ark had the highest level of intelligence, children? Children, come on. The giraffe, that's right. Come on. Who said giraffe? Free snow cone for you. What was the first lunch meat that was mentioned in the Bible? What? Chuck E. Cheese. What? It was ham. Noah brought ham onto the, onto the ark. That's his son's name, so whatever. He was hamming it up. What was, here's another one for the kids. What was Noah's greatest worry on the ark? You like to dress? But that wasn't his greatest worry. They were okay. It was those two termites that he brought on. <laughs> I don't know how much damage two termites could do on the ark, but eh. Why did Noah have to discipline the chickens on the ark? Any children know the answer to that? What? That's pretty close. They, they had foul language. Uh, all right, uh, last one. Aren't y'all loving these? The ark was built in three stories. It had the top story, had a window in it to let the light in. But how did light get into the bottom part of the ark? No, there was no lights. There was no windows in the bottom. Good answer, though. What was it? No. Floodlights. Bada boom, bada boom. All right, that wasn't, that wasn't fair, was it? Well, I, I know you know this. I'll ask the adults this one because they know it. This is an oldie but a, go, but a goodie. And what's the first, what, what state is mentioned in the Bible? Arkansas. Noah looked out the Arkansas water. Okay. If you haven't heard that one, you haven't been around very long. Okay, we'll stop with that. Hebrews 11, chapter 11, 1, verse 1. And I told you every week I'm going to do like a new translation, so we'll, since we're using the same base for scriptures for these, this sermon series. Faith show, this is the New Living Translation. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see, like babies, Right? Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we see now did not come from anything that can be seen. God just spoke it into existence, right? It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain and did, and Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was, that was two weeks ago. Last week, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. 
For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Say, please God. And it is impossible. Say impossible. It is impossible to please God without faith. So they say faith. You cannot. It's, just, it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now, so this week we're going into uh, the faith of, of Noah. Noah means rest or resting place. Uh, his name is, is quite appropriate because at the end of their journey, he rested after a long journey. Hebrews eleven seven says, It was by faith that Noah built a large boat, an ark, okay? Really, boat is not a good term. Uh, a better terminology, even than ark, would be a barge. It was just made to float. There was no rudder. It wasn't like going anywhere. It was just going to float. So uh, Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, he, who warned him about all the things that had never happened before. That's faith. See, he, he didn't know they were going to. He didn't. He just heard God. He was, he's walking in faith. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Say, by faith. By faith. So we see three things in this, in this one verse. Noah was obedient, and he built an ark. See, obedient. obedient. He had faith. His faith condemned the rest of the world. Now, that, that seems like a kind of confusing or a really a, t- a difficult or a negative statement. But in 2 Peter 5, we read that Noah preached. He was a preached righteousness. That's the only verse that talks about Noah being a preacher. So as, we, as you go through this story and you realize that he was building this ark for maybe 75 years or more, he was building this ark, and all the time he had neighbors asking him, what are you doing? So he was going to tell them. He was preaching to them. So I would, I would suggest to you that he was probably the one of the most unsuccessful preachers that ever lived. He preached all these years, and only his family came on the ark. But he preached it. But see, when, you, when he preached it, when people rejected it, they were condemned because of their, their, their disobedience or their rebellion against God. So when, when we live a life, and I'll get into that a little bit later, but when we live a life that it glorifies and honors God and he sees us walking in, people see us walking in obedience and people see you and they reject you, they're rejecting the Christ in you and it can, can bring condemnation on them. You understand that? Okay. And so by faith... He, he preached, and by faith, he received the righteousness of God. Listen, you don't have the righteousness of yourself. It's not going to get you into heaven. Your righteousness, the Bible says, is as what? Filthy rags. It is the righteousness of Christ in God, that, or in God through Christ, that is the, one that is the righteousness that we stand in today. We put on that, that breastplate of righteousness. We're covered with a robe of righteousness. Our righteousness is not going to get us to heaven, church. It's got to be when we are in right standing because of the grace of God, because what we've confessed, what we believe, and who we've made Lord of our life. That's where our righteousness comes from. So it doesn't come from you. So now let's turn to Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. And I'll try to get through this a little quicker than normal. I'm a pretty fast reader anyway. <laughs> Genesis 6, 5, New Living Translation. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything that they thought or imagined, listen to this, everything that they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I've created from the face of the earth. Yes, and I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. It must have been bad then. If you go back to Genesis 1, you'll, if you read it as, as adults read this, you'll understand why I'm not 
discussing the first five verses about the Nephilim and all that. So we're not going to go there. We wouldn't even have time to go there. It's a whole series, okay? But verse, verse 1 of Genesis 6 says, Then the people began to multiply on the earth. Now, I, I kind of gave you a preempted this last week. There may be a, there may be a few hundred people, a few thousand people, but more than likely there were several million people, maybe as many, because of calculation of their long lifespan of 900 years or so, there could have been as many as 4 billion people on the earth at that time. The earth was over, overpopulated. So we, can you, I, when my mom is, my, my mom is reading me that little story and I'm looking at that book, I don't picture that. I don't, I don't picture masses of people. I just always picture a few hundred people, maybe a few, you know, 50 or so people like, let me in the ark. But listen, God, listen, there was nobody righteous on the earth except one out of all those possibly billions of people. So I would contend, I would like to tell you this morning, we're not as bad as you think we are. The world is not in as bad a shape as we try to say it is. Was it as bad as that? Because I know that there are millions of people that love Jesus in this world today. Millions and possibly billions of people that love Jesus still have the freedom to shout his name, to go into, his, into worship places of worship and worship him in spirit and in truth. So that just tells you how depraved the world was that God said, I am sorry I made man, I'm going to have to do this over. God's going to do a do-over. So go back now to verse 8. But Noah found favor with the Lord. This is that he found favor. Say, found favor. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on the earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons. Here's that lunch meat. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. I want you to see something. Look at verse, I, want to, I want to read this to you. Genesis 8 in the New Living Translation. Noah found favor with the Lord. The message. But Noah was different. God liked what he saw in Noah. Verse 8 in uh, the New King James, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Here's the first thing I want you to see, that Noah was different than the rest of the world. And I mean he was different than the rest of the world. He found favor. He didn't earn favor. He found favor. God found Noah. God said, there's one, there's one left. There's just one out of the millions or possibly billions of people. There's one that's not forsaken me. There's one that has not given up on me. There's one that says, I'm still believing and trusting in you, God. He was so different than the rest of the people. That's why God could commission him to build an ark, right? Nobody else, God would, God didn't go to anybody else as far as he went out and say, hey, Joe, would you build an ark? Hey, Jim, would you build an ark? Hey, hey, uh, Betty, would you build an ark? No, he didn't say that. He said, hey, Noah, would you build me an ark? Are you different than the world? Does the world see your life as being different than the world around you that is actually in, is, is going in a really, really bad direction? How many of you work with people that are co-workers that, you, that, that you're pretty sure they don't know Jesus? Raise your hands. See, you're the polarizing person in that, in that place, wherever you work. You're that person that's going to show them Jesus Christ, and they're going to bring, you're going to bring, there's going to be condemnation on them, or they're going to see the light in you, and they're going to say, I want to come to Jesus. But you've got to be, you've got to be willing to be different. 
Titus 2.11 says this, For by the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So the grace of God, you have found the grace. God has found you. And you have found the grace of God this morning. Amen? It brings salvation to us. He has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying, listen, this is what different looks like. Denying ungodliness, worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special, say I'm special, his own special people, zealous for what? Good works. See, that's a different, we're, we should be difference makers in this world. Your neighbors should look at you and go, what is wrong with you? It's okay if they say, what is wrong with you? Because then you can say, well, let me tell you what's right with me. A lot of y'all know that we moved and we got a nice house and we're on a nice big street there in, in San Angelo. And as far as I know, in this nice street with all these people, we're the only people that have, he is risen. We're the only people that have the little flag that says, he is risen. We're the only people with the door, with the wreath that says, he is risen. At Christmas, we're the only people that has the neon sign that says, Jesus is the light of the world. We want to be difference makers. We use our home to be a difference maker. I mean, it's not our home. God gave it to us. So what, what, are you, what has God given you? Are you allowing it to be used for the kingdom of God, for the glory of God? Are you advertising you? God's called us to be difference makers. We are part of the kingdom of God. Jesus told Pilate, remember when Pilate was asking Jesus all these questions? He said, man, he said, why don't you want your guys come and, and, and get you out of this problem? He said, listen, my kingdom is not of this world. Say, not of this world. Your kingdom is not of this world. You may be an American citizen or a citizen from some other country, but that's not your primary citizenship. You're going to pledge allegiance to the flag. I guess that's okay. But you really, your first allegiance is to God. It's to the Lamb of God. And if it's anything else, all those other things should come behind that, below that. I know some people that are more patriotic about their country than they are worshiping and serving God. They'll wear, the, they'll wear the flag shirt, but they won't wear the cross shirt. Uh-oh. He's meddling now. Okay. Verse 11. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence, and God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on earth was corrupt. Everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them out all along the earth. Um, the, the second point is that we're, we are wiped clean. Now see, God says there's nothing, there's nothing left here that I can salvage except one man and his family. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't have that same picture when he was on the cross? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Aren't you glad that God instituted grace for us, that he doesn't come and wipe us out? Listen, there's a, day that's, there's, there's a day coming, but right now, he's still extending his grace to everybody, to all of mankind. He says, if you will come to me, I will give you life, and I'll give it to you everlasting. It's, he's there for us. And then when he comes into your life, here's, the, here's the, the beautiful thing about it. Back then, he just wiped everybody out. You know what he does now? He just wipes, off all your, he wipes out all your sin. He wipes us clean. Say, I'm clean. I'm See, we're clean not because we're good, not because of our righteousness. We're clean because of the blood of Jesus Christ covers us. He says he takes us, our sins were like crimson. He makes us white as what? Snow. 
Man, we are men, we wipe that, that, that sin, that corruption, all that ugliness. He takes it away through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are wiped clean. Verse 14, he said to Noah, build the large boat from cypress wood. We know it's called gopher wood because we're older. Cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out and then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long. That's about a football and a half field, a football field and a half. You can imagine that. 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. That's over three stories, four stories. Leave an 18-inch opening below, below the roof all the way around the boat. Put, that's so the light could come in. They didn't really have floodlights. But put on the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Now, Belinda touched on this. I'm not going to belabor the point, but God's a God of specifics. God's a God of specifics. God is a God of specifics. And all through Scripture, he's given, people, he's given his people instruction, how to build the tabernacle, how to build the temple, how to build the Ark of the Covenant. He told them exactly what to do, what to wear, how to wear it. He told them the colors that the priests were supposed to wear, the jewels they were supposed to put on the He is a God of specifics. And now we think that, no, he doesn't do that anymore. Listen, he's a God of specifics. He tells us still in his word what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. Oh, and I don't like that when you start talking that do's and the don'ts. Well, I'm sorry, but they're in there. And he only put them in there for us, to protect us, and to glorify him. He said, don't do this, don't do that, don't that. Well, you know, I don't like those don'ts, Pastor. Well, then you don't, you really just need to repent. Because he's looking out for you. But he's specific. You know, when he tells you to do something, you know, did your parents ever tell you to go do something and you just disobeyed them? Well, I'm, aren't you glad your parents had grace? And when you, God tells you to do something and you disobey him, he still has grace. But I want to tell you something about God. He's also a God that disciplines. So if you want to experience his grace, you can disobey him all you want. But you're also going to be stepping into the discipline of God. He loves you enough to discipline you. And sometimes that doesn't look very good. It doesn't feel very good. So I'm going to just ask you, if, he's got, if, you're, if you understand that he's a God of specifics, start listening to his instructions. Take them seriously and follow them. Amen? Amen? Verse 17, Look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. Say covenant. covenant. It's the first time it's ever mentioned in the Bible, a covenant. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives, bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and a female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird, every kind of animal, every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground. Got to bring the rats in. <laughs> snakes. I don't like spiders and snakes. <laughs> yeah, I want to be on the third deck. They will come to you mm, to be kept alive. You don't have to go out and lasso them. Jim, Ham, Jabeth, bring those giraffes and get that elephant in here, buddy. Are you serious, Noah? No. God called them and they came in. They just came in supernaturally. He said, they will come to you to be kept alive and be sure that you take on board enough food for your family and for all the animals. At that point, a covenant was established with man. That's a promise that God made with Noah. That was a covenant between God and man. And he said, I want to confirm my covenant. How did he confirm that covenant, church? With a what? 
rainbow. We've, we've kind of destroyed the idea of what, are, what the beauty, beauty of a rainbow now with the, with the LGBTQ, RST, UV, w, X, Y, Z. <laughs> but the rainbow is a beautiful covenant of God's promise. It's not about that. It's about what he said, I will never flood the earth again. But here's the warning, the kicker. I will never flood the earth again. I will just destroy it by fire. You know, you, we like that part, the rainbow, oh, the rainbow's beautiful, but there's a day coming. And listen, it could be sooner than later. I don't know. God's got that time set aside. But he's made a covenant with Noah that, listen, I'm not going to do this again. But the judgment is coming for us, church. It's coming for the world. Yes. Are you ready? Are you a different people? Are you wrapped in his righteousness? Have your sins been wiped clean this morning? Verse 22, so Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Without question. The last point. Without question. He did everything God commanded him to do. I've watched comedians. I've heard comedians tell the story about Noah. You know, have y'all, have y'all heard? Because you can, you can have a lot of fun with Noah. Like, God is going to clean up that mess down there. <laughs> it's going to be a mess. And it's gonna, the ark's going to be messy. Right? How are we going to get all... There's, there's so many things that could have been said about Noah, but you know, when God said, I want you to build an ark, he didn't even go, what's an ark? He didn't know what an ark was. He just obeyed God. Without question, there's nowhere that you can find in Scripture that Noah said, well, I don't, I don't know. You know, Moses argued with God. A lot, of, a lot of people in the Bible, they argued with God. Moses said, well, I've got a speech impediment. I can do this. I've killed a man. Noah never, never shows that Noah said, oh, I don't know what an ark is. I don't have, have, where, gonna, where am I going to get all this wood? Who's going to help me build it? See, that's what we would do. God calls us to do something, and we start questioning God. What do you mean? I, can, I can't do that, God. What, what do you mean you want to call me to go to another mission, a mission field? Well, are you serious, God? I, I mean, I just got established here in home. I got this job, and no, I want you to change job. But God, I, I have this job, and I'm making a lot of money. I don't care about your money. I want you to go and do what I'm telling you to do. And we argue with God, and we, 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 we try to bargain with God. Well, I'll do it when I, this happens. But Noah didn't do that. He just, okay, build an ark. You got it, God. Show me some plans. Here they are. Okay, where's the wood? It's there. Go get the wood. Okay. And he just began to build an ark. Can you imagine the neighbors? Do you have a permit for that? <laughs> Front of your ark is blocking my driveway, Noah. What's the deal? I don't know. God just told me to build an ark. It's pretty big. I know, but this is what he told me to do. See, people are going to make fun of you when you say, God called me and he told me. Did me. They did my wife. He called you to do what? But that's not, that's not what you do. I don't know what to tell you. That's God called me. He called you to where? Downtown. Well, down, there's nothing downtown. It's dead. You need to go out in the southwest part of town if you're going to get the people, especially get the good people, the upper middle class white people that drive the nice cars. I don't know. God didn't call us there. He called you where? Downtown. To who? Oh, the homeless, the drug addict, the prostitute, the, the people that don't know Jesus, just the, the lost, the people that are battling, they're struggling with life. Yeah, but those people aren't going to be able to give you much money. How are you going to make a living? I don't know. God just said he'd take care of it. That's what he said. 
And it's funny, Kristen, we took our eight family members, you and Mark and Tri- Wes and Casey and Pam and uh, Jeff, and we had a, like, I think we had eight car, uh, chore, core people. And that's what Noah ended up going to the ark with. See, the ark is a picture of Jesus. Jesus was a carpenter, too. Noah built this place for people, for his family to be saved. Jesus gave his life so that we could be saved. We have to come out of the world, which is the water, which is the flood, and we have to get on the ship, which is Jesus. And just to make sure that the, 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 the ark didn't sink, he said, put that pitch in between all the boards. That's that oily, that tar substance. You know why? That was to keep the world out, to keep the water out. That's why they had to follow the instructions. What if they had just left that part? Well, what if Noah just cut corners and got the cheap oil, the cheap, the cheap plaster or whatever it was? No, he said, do it this way and you'll be saved. You and your family will be saved. I'm telling you, there are families in this place that God has saved. Whole families have come into the ark of Jesus Christ. And now they've been, that pitch, that, that seal is the Holy Spirit. And it, we, the Bible says we are sealed, say sealed, until the day of redemption. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Would you stand this morning, have our ministry team come to the front.